Hey, welcome uh, to The Revealing. This is Pastor Frank at One Baptist Church here in Jacksonville. Uh, we hope uh, everybody is uh, staying safe and uh, enjoying their time with family at home. Uh, we know we're living through a, a, a pretty rough time, but uh, hopefully we can take this time and just uh, be able to uh, just uh, reflect on some things and, and be able to uh, remember uh, that uh, time with family is important. And uh, although, uh, you know, we're not able to get out and about, uh, being able to stay home and uh, be able to hang out uh, with our friends and family uh, is, a, is an awesome time as well. Uh, obviously, with everything that's going on, uh, we have uh, halted our recordings of The Revealing uh, and, uh, uh, for, you know, for the obvious reasons of staying safe. Uh, so what we thought we would do uh, for uh, the uh, uh, upcoming weeks is uh, maybe give you some uh, uh, some excerpts of some of our preaching that we do here at One Baptist Church in Jacksonville. Uh, what we're going to do instead of uh, uh, bringing you uh, the revealing crew, uh, we're going to take some weeks off here uh, for uh, the foreseeable future and uh, just uh, play some recordings that we've done uh, at our church uh, in One Baptist Jacks. Uh, so hopefully you'll enjoy those things. Uh, again, uh, stay safe, and uh, the Revealing crew will be coming back at you live here soon. Uh, so we love you, and we thank you. In Jesus' name. Again, I'll just reemphasize that as you look at these scriptures on a page, uh, whether it be on the screen uh, or whether it be in a book in, on your lap, do know somebody had to die. A whole lot of somebody's died so that we could have it. And so do remember that uh, as, as you uh, uh, give thanks uh, to uh, all those folks uh, that uh, gave their lives uh, in, in pursuit of uh, making sure that we would have the authoritative word of God today in our laps. Um, and that is a... Uh, uh, a beautiful thing uh, to know, uh, you know, what our brothers and sisters did. But, it, you know, Luke 24 is where I'm going to be. And uh, obviously we're talking about uh, Easter morning or, or which, you know, let's just be honest here. I mean, we're, we're, we're one Baptist church. We, thought, we, we say things the way they are. And we're, 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 we're honest about things. Easter technically is a pagan uh, uh, naming of this uh, particular event. Uh, what we would pr probably prefer to call it is Resurrection Sunday. Uh, it was the morning uh, after three days. Uh, and we know that if we allow the Bible to be the authority in all subjects, uh, we know that uh, Jesus did not die on a Friday. Uh, that is uh, a, 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 a unfortunate uh, and again, just being honest, it's, it's a teaching of the Roman Catholic Church uh, that is uh, unfortunately biblically incorrect. Um, we know scripturally that he was in the, uh, in the ground for three days and three nights. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I do my math and I go from Friday to Sunday, I don't know how you get three days and three nights between Friday and Sunday. Right. So I'm not really sure how they messed that bad boy up. Uh, other than to, to say... Uh, again, it was a misapplication of understanding scripture. Um, you know, in scripture, it says that Jesus died on a Sabbath. And so uh, instantly what uh, unlearned men will do is they'll jump to the Jewish Sabbath, 
which was from Friday 6 p.m. till Saturday 6 p.m. Um, the only issue with that is, uh, although that is true, there in the Bible there are also what are called high Sabbath days, and uh, uh, those high Sabbath days, there are seven of them, are uh, the days on which the seven Jewish feasts of Leviticus 16 fall on, and uh, John, I believe it is, and John 19, if you want to go and uh, look this up on your own, uh, references the fact that this particular Sabbath that Jesus got crucified on was a high Sabbath day, and a high Sabbath day does not fall on Friday. It will fall on whatever day it falls on during the week. Uh, Passover, which is the, uh, the first of the Jewish feast that we're, we're uh, talking about, was on the 14th of Nisan, which would be roughly, uh, Nisan being the Jewish month, uh, roughly we, we celebrate that between March and April in our, in our months. Remember, a Jewish year is 360 days, where our uh, uh, years, the Gregorian calendar, if you will, uh, is 365 days. So it's a little bit off-centered as you go, obviously. It'll change uh, what days and things like that, if you were to follow that from a Jewish perspective or from a Gregorian perspective. That's why if you were to look at a Jewish uh, uh, calendar, uh, you would be like, whoa, what's going on here? They're completely off. They're off, you know, they're in year 5,780, something like that. Uh, well, we're in year 2020, right? So just understand, they go by a different calendar um, from a biblical perspective. And that's the reason why. If you remember uh, back in... Uh, uh, Genesis, when, when God uh, created creation week, if you will, uh, it says, and the evening and the morning was the first day. Uh, you go, what? Wait a minute. I thought it was the morning and the evening. Again, uh, that's the way the Jews render it. A Jewish day starts at 6 p.m., uh, which would be the evening. And then the morning would be the second half of the day, backwards into the way we think, if you will. Now, with that being said, that changes some things when you go into your Bible, because uh, you've got to understand that there are uh, different ways you need to look at things when you're looking at this Jewish book. Uh, again, it was, it was written by Jews, so they're going to look at things from a Jewish perspective. With all that being said, the Passover was a high uh, Sabbath, which would have fell on a Thursday. Um, and the reason why we know this is because the uh, third feast of the Jewish holidays was the feast of first fruits, which Jesus is the first fruit resurrection, 1 Corinthians 15. Uh, and all you have to simply do is go from the 14th of Nisan uh, being Thursday, the 15th would have been Friday, the 16th would have been Saturday, and then of course the 17th would have been uh, Sunday. If you allow the Bible to be the authority, uh, we don't have to mess things up. Um, so that one was for free. You don't have to pay me for it. Uh, you can do with that information what you will. By the way, there was nothing good that happened on the day Jesus died on that cross. Um, from, from the perspective of us, what came of it was good. But when Jesus took that crown of thorns on his head, and when he took those three nails, and they drove them into his uh, hands and his feet, and they scourged him uh, over 40 times, literally ripping the flesh from his skin off his back, nothing good happened that day. Uh, so please, uh, just make sure you understand what happened that was good was three days later, he came up out of that grave 
and he defeated death and he gave us all the ability to defeat that death run along with him if we choose him if we choose him we choose life uh, and uh, that is that is the story of, of resurrection sunday if you will um i want to start in chapter uh, luke 24 verse 1 i'm only going to read the first nine verses and i'm going to skip down uh so if you will uh join with me luke 24 verse 1 says now upon the first day of the week and of course the first day of the week we all know what that is that's sunday uh very early in the morning they came unto the sepulcher bringing the spices which they had prepared and certain others with them and they found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher and they entered in and found not the body of the lord jesus and it came to pass as they were much perplexed thereabout behold two men stood by them in shining garments and as they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth they said unto them why seek ye the living among the dead he is not here but is risen remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in galilee saying the son of man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and the third day rise again and they remembered his words and returned from the sepulcher and told all these things unto the eleven and to all the rest you know resurrection sunday the, the day that jesus came out of that grave from a christian standpoint uh, without a doubt is the linchpin to everything if jesus didn't come out of that grave christianity is a fraud and i remember uh you know, long ago, uh, when I didn't believe in the Bible or in Jesus, um, you know, uh, I, there was a time where I didn't even believe Jesus was a real person. Uh, you know, attacking the resurrection was the easiest thing to do. Oh, you Christians, you just have a blind faith. There's no evidence of, 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 of Jesus coming out of the grave. All you have is the Bible to go on, and that's not good enough. And uh, uh, listen, um, when I turned 28 and I got saved, what I can tell you is I couldn't have been more wrong. You know, one of the beautiful uh, things about scripture that I love is Hebrews 11, which tells us and talks to us a little bit about faith. It says, faith is a substance of things hoped for the evidence, the evidence. See, when you look at the story of the Bible, there's evidences to all of these things that we have if we're willing to be honest with ourselves and look for it. God didn't leave himself without witnesses. God didn't leave himself uh, to just faith. Christianity isn't just blind faith. Uh, there's so much more to it. There really is. And the more you realize that, and the more you dig into it, the more exciting and real it gets to you as it becomes obvious there's something more going on here than just words on a page. Literally, the word is alive. And, and man, uh, uh, you know, when, when you look at specifically this Resurrection Sunday event, do you realize there's more secular writings about this event than there are from a Christian aspect? 
and when I say secular, I'm talking about uh, people who didn't believe in Jesus at that time, people that were a part of the Roman Empire, people that were uh, the Jewish uh, perspective who obviously didn't believe in Jesus. That's why they sent him to the cross. Uh, we have so many secular writings about this event. Uh, it's 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 crazy, uh, you know. Yet for some reason, uh, we don't use those things uh, as evidence uh, to the fact that that tomb was empty. Um, listen, uh, there's a lot of things that could have happened. There's a lot of things we can we can play around with and, and come up with our theories uh, 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 of what happened. But but I will tell you this: it is a historical fact. And facts are a stubborn thing. It's a historical fact that there was a person named Jesus. It's a historical fact that this person, Jesus, was uh, a troublemaker, if you will, to the Roman government and a, a blasphemer, if you will, to the Jews of the Sanhedrin at the time. It, that is, a, that is, that is a, a fact. It's a historical fact that, that the reason... Uh, or because of his troubling the Roman government and because of his blasphemous uh, statements, if you will, to the Jews, he was put to a Roman cross and was crucified, killed, and buried. That's a historical fact. There's so much evidence to, 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 to prove it that there's more evidence to that than to prove George Washington. And yet we don't doubt George Washington at all. But I'll also tell you this. It's also a historical fact. And the evidence is overwhelming to prove that not only then, but throughout the last 2,000 years, to this day, that grave's still empty. Mm -hmm. And they still don't know where his body is. That's historical fact. Now, what you want to do with that information, that's up to you. If, if you want to say that you think that the the, 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 the Jews or, or, or somebody to that matter or the disciples came and stole the body. Uh, do you understand what you're saying? Uh, Pilate put the Roman guard in front of that, uh, that tomb to make sure these things were, uh, you know, that, that the things that were, that Jesus claimed he was going to do wouldn't come to pass. Uh, you know, uh, first of all, you're talking about a, a, a stone that must have weighed, weighed probably somewhere around 2,000 pounds. Think about how many men it would have taken to move it. This wouldn't have been a fly-by-night, one person, two people, you know, snuck in there and got the body out kind of thing. Those Roman guards were on duty and do know uh, it was the responsibilities of the Roman guards to assure uh, that that body stayed in that grave. Because if something were to happen, you know, uh, those Roman guards were going to be put uh, to death for it. And uh, uh, so, no. Uh, you really gotta, you really gotta play with that for a while. Uh, the other thing I would say is, uh, another convincing evidence is, let's just say by chance somehow, those uh, disciples stole the body. Let's, I, I'm gonna say that that was an impossibility, but let's just say they did. Let's play the game for a second. Well, answer me then, how eleven of those disciples, later Paul becoming a uh, leaving the Sanhedrin and becoming a Christian, uh, the Pharisees and becoming a Christian, explain to me how all of them went to death for something they would have known was a lie. Uh, that is beyond uh, uh, my ability 
to believe that that, that is even possible. And it wasn't like it was just a clean death, like, uh, you know, some of them did, obviously. Uh, but some of them went through some pretty horrific deaths and at any point could have recant in their belief in Jesus, yet they didn't. Uh, so you have some things you need to explain if you're really going to allow this thing to play itself out. So back to the story. Three days earlier, Jesus was led away uh, from the Garden of Gethsemane by temple guards, elders, and priests. He was taken before the ru ruling council and questioned. During that time, he was beaten uh, and, and deprived of sleep and, and, and food and water. He was then taken to Pilate, who, after learning that Jesus was from Galilee, sent him off to King Herod. Herod had jurisdiction over the Galilean area and happening to be visiting in Jerusalem at the time. Like Pilate, he examined Jesus, but could find no, no basis for any of the Jewish accusations against him. So Herod sent him back to Pilate. At this point, Pilate really wanted nothing to do with Jesus. Uh, he found no fault in him and he wanted to release him. But he succumbed, unfortunately, to the pressures of the Jewish ruling council and had Jesus crucified. Subsequently, Jesus was led out with the two thieves to a place called Golgotha, where he was uh, uh, in the process of all that time, beaten, uh, and, 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 uh, and then, of course, nailed to a cross. After six long hours on the cross, Jesus gave up his spirit and died. And I, want, I do want to emphasize the fact that Jesus gave up his spirit. No one took it from him. Um, his body was then taken down from the cross and was laid in a Pharisee's uh, uh, tomb by the name, a Pharisee by the name of Joseph of, Ar of Arimathea. That would be the same uh, guy that you, you, you uh, see in the scriptures uh, uh, that, that is mentioned quite a few times. These events, though, briefly described here are written about, uh, obviously, in great detail. Uh, and, and I'll say this, not only in the Gospels, but also in secular writings. Uh, but what we want to take a look at here uh, is not so much about his death, but rather about his glorious resurrection uh, and what that means to you and me. Uh, as I've already stated, uh, Jesus' body is still not in the tomb. You know, Buddha's body is in the tomb. Confucius's body's in the tomb. Muhammad's body's still in the tomb. And all their bones can be found. And you could go to their graves today. But Jesus on the third day after being placed in that tomb uh, rose again. And yes, indeed, even to this day, the tomb is still empty. Like the great light, if you will, that shined forth uh, on the third day in Genesis uh, Jesus rose from the dead to be the light of all men. On the third day, the Lord told Moses in Exodus 19 that he would come down off Mount Sinai and before the sight of all people. And when he did, the people trembled at the sight of the smoke and the sound of the Lord's voice. On that glorious day, Jesus paved the way to justify us from our sins. Living, he loved me. Dying, he saved me. Buried, he carried my and our sins far away. Rising, he justified freely forever 
and do know one day he is coming. And yes, it will be a glorious day. Amen. People still tremble today when they are given the opportunity to put their faith in Jesus. People still tremble today when they are given the opportunity to follow God. Jesus, Jesus triumphed over death by rising again and losing, loosing Satan's hold over those that have put their faith in Christ Jesus. Going back to that Luke 24 passage, I want to drop down to verse number 36 and pick it up. Uh, uh, this is after Jesus showed himself to his disciples now. Uh, he is uh, obviously uh, has risen. Uh, he now shows himself to his disciples. And look at verse 36, if you will. And it says, And as they thus spoke, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and saith unto them, now pay attention to this, peace be unto you. But they were terrified and affrighted and supposed they had see, seen a spirit. Now watch. And he said unto them, why are you troubled? And why do thoughts arise in your hearts? Behold, my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Handle me and see me, for a spirit hath not flesh and bones as you see me have. So I want to take, a, uh, in these last closing moments here, I want to take two things that he said there. And in light of everything that's going on uh, with this coronavirus and, 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 and all the stuff that's being tied with it, um, Certainly, I know uh, if you're spending any time on Facebook or, or listening to the media at all, uh, it certainly uh, seems pretty dire. Uh, it certainly seems like it's getting worse. Uh, and certainly, it probably will get worse before it gets better. Uh, this is a very unique time in our lifetimes, anyway, that we're living in. Uh, I personally don't remember ever anything like this. Uh, so... But notice what Jesus says here. He says, why are you troubled? And he says, why do thoughts arise in your hearts? If you will, that's another way of saying, why do you doubt? Why do you doubt? Why are you troubled? Is not Jesus' voice the voice of truth? Is his voice not the voice of truth in our hearts this morning? Is the voice of truth telling you not to be afraid? Listen, this is all for his glory. Nothing takes God by surprise. His truth is revealed even still. And although, uh, you know, I don't know if this is a judgment that God has sent or if this is just something that man has done, do know nothing takes God by surprise. He is still sitting on the throne and he still is in control and he still is the voice of truth. And he's still asking the same questions that he asked those disciples on that morning. Why are you troubled? Why do you doubt? Well, the disciples were in a boat, if I can remind you of that uh, time, on the Sea of Galilee, rowing against a strong wind. Jesus came to them uh, walking on water. Scripture says that the disciples uh, were afraid when they saw him. They, 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 thought, they, they supposed he was a spirit. Uh, and then Peter realized who he was and, and called out to him. Uh, and, and Jesus knew, uh, obviously, that in the midst of this storm, 
they were in trouble and they almost didn't recognize uh, the need uh, to call out for Jesus because um, they didn't even know that it was him. And, and finally, when he came to them, if you remember in the story, you remember what he said? Peace be with you. Uh, John records it uh, by saying, uh, Jesus saying, it is I, be not afraid. This is essentially the same thing that he says when he appears a disciple after his resurrection. Uh, again, peace be with you. Be not afraid. Calm your troubled mind. Don't be afraid, for he is with you until the end. I want to call your attention to one very important detail uh, concerning the last day of Jesus' life before his death. When he was arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane, uh, when he appeared before the Jewish ruling council and before Pilate, then before Herod, uh, and then again before Pilate, and as he went to the cross, there's one important thing that is missing through all of that. In all of that, there's not one time where it's mentioned that Jesus was afraid or that Jesus doubted. I can't think of anything worse that could happen than that. Uh, man, uh, what a uh, uh, devastating way to die, if you will. But we know that Jesus wasn't afraid. We know he never doubted the Father. And do remember, and do remember, as he hung on that cross, that was your and my sin that was sitting there. When he cast our sins as far as the east is from the west, from one scarred hand to the other, he did that because he loved us. Living, he loved me. Dying, he saved me. Can you picture being without God and his spirit to guide you? Can you picture if Jesus was not God in that moment, if he was just merely a, a, a man, how much fear and doubt would have been running through his mind? Can you picture being all alone in this world? without God's presence to comfort you in those difficult situations? Try it as hard as we can. We can never visualize such an occurrence if you know God, because it'll never happen. Because Jesus went to the cross and gave us the ability to have God's presence in our presence, not just some of the time, all of the time. So he says to us, and he says to you, why are you troubled? The disciples are busy making up contingency plans. What, what are we going to do since Jesus isn't here? What are we going to do since he's not guiding us in this situation? Uh, they just watched his, his, their, their, their master, if you will, uh, get crucified on a cross, and they don't know what to do. They're afraid. They're scared. They don't know what to do. You know what the funny thing is? Many times we act exactly the same way. We draw those contingency plans in our minds just in case God won't be leading us in the direction we want to go or the way we think it should go. We trouble ourselves with senseless planning and thinking when we should just simply step back, listen to the words of Jesus. Why are you troubled? And why do you doubt? Because like those disciples, 
they were straining against the oars in that boat. Maybe we didn't think to call out to Jesus. Maybe you didn't think to call out to him. You didn't think that he would come and help you out of your situation or out of your predicament. But he will. That's why he went to the cross. That's why he sacrificed his life so that you and I can be reconciled to God and have the power of heaven to help us in any and every circumstance. And I want to emphasize, Jesus never promised to help us physically. Robert's about to go through some church history, and we're going to find out a lot of good people died some horrific deaths for the cause of Christ. Jesus died a horrific death for the cause of the kingdom of God. He never promised a physical reassurance, but he always promised a spiritual reassurance. Amen. He will always be with you in the time of trouble. He will always be with you in the time of doubt. He will always be right there with you in the storm. So why are you troubled? Jesus isn't in the tomb. He's in heaven making constant intercession on, on behalf of, of the saints. So, so why are you troubled? Jesus isn't in the tomb. He, he's given us a comforter to help us in the time of need. I think of what Paul wrote to the Philippians in Philippians 4, 6 to 7. It says, be careful for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. <clears throat> and the peace of God was past all understanding. Shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So again, I ask, why are you troubled? If you know Jesus as your Savior, you're free indeed. Why doubt? What is the opposite of faith? Doubt is the opposite of faith. Jesus tells us in Scripture that if we have faith and do not doubt, the disciples, when they rode against the wind on the Sea of Galilee, they knew they were in trouble. But when Peter got out of the boat and began to walk on, walk on water to Jesus, some of that faith was put into action. But, but then... Again, he doubted when he took his eyes, what? Off Jesus. And he began to sink. Now that was doubt. These things stand before us today, and there should be no doubt in our minds. Jesus was born of a virgin. Jesus led a sinful life. Jesus performed miracles on this earth. Jesus went to the cross and gave his life for our sins. Jesus laid in a tomb and on the third day Jesus rose again. And then Jesus appeared before his disciples. And the question is, do you doubt any of that? Jesus ascended into heaven and now sits at the right hand of the Father in heaven and is making intercession for you and I. Do you doubt that? If any of these cause any doubt in your mind, if any of this causes you to hesitate at all, then we will waver and doubt in other things as well. We must accept these truths are the very foundation of our faith. James says it like this, but let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. 
Jesus stands before us today alive and full of glory, power and honor. And he might be asking one or two of us here the same question that he asked the disciples almost 2,000 years ago. Why are you troubled? Why do you doubt? He is alive and you are free. Amidst all that is going on in our world, remember, God is still on the throne. God is still in control. Nothing has caught him off guard. Are you still praising him through this storm? Remember what the psalmist wrote in Psalm 121, verse 1 and 2. I will lift up my eyes unto the hills. From whence cometh my help? My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. Amen? Amen. 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 All right. So last week, uh, Pastor Frank went way over. Went to 12.30. And I told you I was going to. This week, I'm going to end a little early to make up a little for last week. Um, Listen, I hope the message rings loud and clear. As we consider this Resurrection Sunday, Jesus is not in the grave. He came out of that grave, and he has offered freely salvation to all. If you don't know him, I beg you, please ask the questions. Ask Robert. Ask me. There are many other people in this church that certainly could have the ability to answer your questions. But, 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 but get those questions answered. Don't doubt. And if you're going to doubt, Can I just say this? Please don't doubt based on something that's not true. I did that for way too long. I thought that I knew some things that I didn't know. If you're going to doubt, make sure you have the facts presented. In this world today, not many are going to present the true facts of the story, if you will of uh, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Because we have so many doubters, people have come up with all kinds of different uh, uh, theories of what could have happened. But I do want you to know there is historical evidences to our truths. And then, man, if you would just give uh, time to consider them, really, and look at them with the right light. Um, um, but, but, but do know this. He's still not in the grave. Do, do know this. We have no reason to doubt. And there's nothing to fear. In these times, it's all going according to God's plan. He's still in control. And however this works out, it works out. And if at the end of the story, we are with him in glory, mm-hmm. then praise the Lord. Amen. But you got to know him for that to be the end of your story. You see, if you don't know him, listen, I, I don't know. You know, I've known people who gotten this virus and got out of it. But my wife works in the medical industry, and there's a lot of people who aren't getting out of it. There's a lot of people that are really actually dying. There's no way to know how it will affect But I do know this, whether you get it and you know them, 
is going to be a whole different story than whether you get it and you don't know him. Because if you know him, no matter how that story ends, he's with you through the whole thing. But if you don't know him, don't be that person that waits till that moment to call on him. Call on him now. Let him know you need him now. And uh, I think uh, your story will end just as good as any of those folks' story in all of history who died horrific deaths in the cause of Christ. The grave's still empty. There's no reason to fear. There's no reason to doubt. None at all. Peace be with you. Amen? All right, guys. We love you at uh, One Baptist Church. I am looking forward to the day uh, where we can get uh, back into our new building. Uh, man, a lot of great things have uh, happened over there. Uh, some of you, man, you probably haven't been over there in a while, uh, or maybe you haven't even been over there at all yet. Uh, I promise you, man, when, we, when the day comes uh, that the Lord opens that door, man, and we can go back and, and congregate together, uh, you are going to be pleasantly uh, surprised. And just to think, uh, it wasn't that long ago that One Baptist Church wasn't even a church. Uh, man, uh, what the Lord has done uh, in, 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 our, in, in our presence uh, has been truly uh, an amazing thing. So I'm looking forward to getting, uh, getting back with you guys. Uh, thank you so much for showing your videos. Well, obviously, Jesus didn't write. Apparently, I might have misspoken and said that Jesus led a sinful life. Obviously, that's not true. It was sinless. Well, my apologies if I, if I misspoke. Um, yeah, that never happens. Um, I, I never say anything wrong, ever. That's true. Thank you, Robert. Thank you. Uh, but apparently, in this one, I did. So we're going to correct it and make sure we got it right. Uh, but anyways, we love you. Thank you. Join with us Thursday. Come back next Sunday. Uh, we love having you. And uh, we certainly uh, will give Jesus the glory. Let's, let's, uh, let's uh, pray. And if anybody wants to hang in for a little while and fellowship afterwards, uh, please feel free. Uh, Thursday is uh, from, we start about 6.50. Yeah, 6.45, 6.50, right in that area. Yep. Let's pray. And again, if you want to stay in fellowship and talk, uh, that's, uh, that's great. Uh, Father, we come before you, Lord. We are just so grateful that in living, you did love us. We're so grateful, Lord, uh, that in dying, you saved us. And we're so grateful that you cast our sins as far as the east is from the west, and that we can praise you in this storm. Lord, I hope that just because those are lyrics from a song, we don't miss the, the truths in, in those words and the reality uh, that are behind them. Uh, Lord, I, I certainly hope uh, that we can uh, appreciate and give thanksgiving to who you are on this resurrection morning. Uh, Lord, if you didn't come out of that grave, Christianity would be an empty faith. But Lord, the evidence is there. You are risen. You are risen today just as much as you were risen 2,000 years ago. And Lord, we are grateful that we can lean on you. We are grateful that nothing does need to trouble us. And we are grateful 
that we have no reason to doubt. You have given us evidences of your of who you are, and our faith is real. Uh, and Lord, uh, we are uh, very uh, indebted to you. And Lord, because we are indebted to you, uh, hate to make it cheesy again, Lord, but I certainly hope you take this nobody and make him have the ability to go tell everybody about the somebody who saved my soul. Mm -hmm. Lord, we need to be all about your work. We need to be all about winning people to Christ, building them in their faith, and sending them to do the same thing. Lord, this is the way you get your glory. This is how you get your honor. It is what you have left us to do. And so, Lord, I pray that even in this time, even in these moments, we would uh, still know that we can tell somebody about you. Uh, Lord, thank you for who you are. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you for this church. Thank you for the folks in this church and the commitment. Uh, Lord, it just blesses my heart to watch everybody continuously join us uh, on Thursdays and Sundays. Lord, I'm so thankful uh, that they have a commitment to you. Uh, they have a commitment to this church. And uh, Lord, everything that we are trying to accomplish in your name. And certainly, we will give you the glory for it. In Jesus' precious and holy name, I pray. And all the church said, Amen. Amen. Amen.